0: This is episode number 22 with Laura Gassner-Otting, the author of Limitless. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle, and thank you for tuning in today. If you are feeling stuck and you want to get unstuck professionally, personally, and live a limitless life, then you are going to love today's guest. On the show today is Laura Gassner-Otting, who is the author of a book called Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path, and Live Your Best Life. Laura believes that consonance is the key to living a limitless life. And on the show today, we discuss what that means, and we go deeper into her methodology that she discusses in her book so that you can use it and apply it in your own life. We talk about the value of owning your ambition as a woman, and so much more. Now, a little bit about Laura. She is a serial entrepreneur who has started and sold a successful international executive search firm, and she also served as a presidential appointee in Bill Clinton's White House, helping shape AmeriCorps. She's been on her book tour, which included a stop with Hoda on the Today Show. Now, Laura and I got connected when she reached out on LinkedIn because we had 17 mutual connections, which is quite a lot since we didn't know each other or ever work together. But when I saw the work that she was doing, I knew that I wanted to have her on the show. I love this concept of living your best life, a limitless life. And one thing that was clear from the beginning is that we shared a passion for empowering women and helping them to define success on their own terms. Laura is a great storyteller with a dynamic personality, and she shares such great tips today, so I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Let's meet Laura. Hey, Laura, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I love your book and the gorgeous, gorgeous cover. Um and just the concept being limitless. And I can't wait to dive into that. But can you just take a minute to introduce yourself and tell us about what led you to write this beautiful book and what your current work looks like now?
1: Yeah, so... um... Uh, I am sort of accidentally an author and a speaker. I spent 20 years doing executive search for nonprofit mission-driven organizations and um, was really sort of struck by the idea that even though I was placing leaders in nonprofit organizations, you know, organizations where the people who work there should have purpose, loads and loads of purpose, that they weren't necessarily all really happy, even though they would made it to the top. And then I started looking at my own career and thinking, well, that's kind of interesting because I've been super successful on paper too, but am I happy? And what if success doesn't equal happiness? Then what are we all working so hard for? And is it really success? And so the book kind of came out of this idea. um, I was originally writing a book about how to do more work with purpose. And then my publisher said, you know, with my publishing hat on, you could probably sell a whole lot more books. If you write a book that's not just about working in nonprofits, aren't there other ways to find purpose? And the book kind of exploded out of me because I, I had this kind of rage response about, you know, what's mm. purpose and what's success and how do we figure out who we really are and what we really are. And what I realize is that everyone has their own definition. And, and, and so that's where the idea of this book about being limitless came from. And so that the and I can tell you a longer story about sort of how that all happened um but the book sort of came out of that and I'm really spending my time right now speaking on stages to corporations to 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 colleges to conferences to women's groups um to book groups and just sort of bringing this message of limitless out into the world
0: I love it and and I love and I love the word limitless and actually on this show the women entrepreneurs that come on what they have in common is that they're all doing something so unique and they're defining success on their own terms. So we definitely speak the same language and um, I can't wait to talk more about how other women can use the tools that you've discovered from your many years of working and pulling this beautiful book together. So how would you describe, so what, how do you define Limitless based on, you know, the context of your book? What does it mean to you and, and frame
1: it for us? So I I in in the context of this book what I would say is that so many of us have this this lifelong pursuit of the singular idea of success of this one that was it was created for us by somebody else who said you should go to law school or you should you know marry the right guy or you should get the you know buy the right house and the right you know get the right spouse and put your kids in the right after school programs and all these things and 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 we're doing all that work right we're we're going faster and faster and we're feeling farther and farther behind because somebody else is always going to be you know somebody else's kids always going to learn how to read first or to walk first, or, you know, maybe they make, you know, prettier cupcakes for the bake sale or whatever the thing is. And there's always going to be someone who has something different, but it's, it's on social media. It's, it's, it's in front of us as if it's this idea that that's what success is. And so, you know, we're busy chasing all these gold stars and we're, we're checking all the boxes and, and we're leaning in, whether we're leaning in the corporate space or into our families or both. And it feels impossible. And, you know, it's this asymptotic curve where the closer we get to success, the it's, we're not quite getting there or just sort of having the distance each time. Mm -hmm. And so the idea for me came from this idea of, if, 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 if if we spend all of this time chasing everyone else's ideas of success then we become limited by their imaginations we become limited by their fears we become limited by you know the definitions that were given to them by somebody else also and in these limits we lose ourselves and mm-hmm. so for me i wanted I wanted readers to feel like if what they did matched who they were, so that the very best part of themselves could be put towards the causes they cared about and the people they loved, then they could live in their limitless potential. And so rather than trying to spend our lives being, you know, square pegs and round holes, we could all really find the places where we fit best and where we really were able to contribute the most to the things that we cared about. And it's in those moments that we feel this massive, momentum, this sort of frictionless belonging. And for me, that's really what Limitless is all about. It's having consonants, having harmony, having alignment, having fit with what matters to you in the things that you do.
0: I love it. I love it. And can't agree more. Um, I think what a lot of the women that I know and who listen to this podcast are struggling with or is they're stuck. They know that they want more and they know that there's more for them out there and they desire to get unstuck. What advice could you give them to take that first step to find that level of consonance that you talked about to be feel like they're living who they are versus somebody else's definition?
1: I think that one of the reasons that we get stuck is because we're all, um, we're all trapped by this faux humility of of oh it's you know maybe a little bit later or i'm doing things for other people right now or no no not me i shouldn't be the one who's in front and i think it's it's sort of counterintuitive because i think most people would say you know the best antidote to being stuck is movement and and i believe that i mean you know put one foot in front of the other once you start going you can start you know breaking down walls but i think that we we i think that we've lost our ability to be ambitious and ambitious in that way where we're saying, what do I really want? What's gonna really work for me? So I get a lot of women that I speak to and and I and I ask them, you know, to raise their hand. How many of you are ambitious, really, really ambitious? And you can sort of see them tentatively raising their hands, like, yeah, I I think I'm I'm ambitious. I'm not sure. And then I ask them this question, would being in a position of power making more money, being more present, having more flexibility, having a bigger platform, whatever that may be, whether it's work that you're paid for or work that you know you volunteer for or work that you're doing in the home, would having that allow you to do more for the people that you love and the causes you care about? And they all kind of start nodding their head like, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. And yeah. so I say, well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the, and then I say, well, then Plainly, it's not your ambition; it's your responsibility. And I think giving people this framework of saying, "Oh, actually, I can own that big dream. I can dare to think of myself as the person who belongs at that place. I can, you know, I, I, I can, I can say out loud that dream that I really want that I'm so nervous about. I don't even, I, I don't even dare speak it. And they can own that in a way that then allows them to say, "Okay, well, if I'm really going to own that, and if I'm really." To be in that place, and if I really want to get to this position, um, in the community, in the in 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 the company, in my family, then what do I need to do first in order to get there? And I think that's the kind of thing that rather than saying if you dream it, you can do it, yeah. which I think is ridiculous, right? Like I could dream up <laughs> to the queen of England all day long, and nobody's bringing me tea and crumpets at three p.m., right? Like that's just. You know, you could dream you're the best mother in the world and you're, you know, six month old isn't going great job, mom. I mean, they're just going to spin (laughs) up. And, you know, so like, I think what I would say to women is if you can do it, you can dream it. Right. So like Mm. just put one foot in front of the other, start moving, but feel like you feel like you deserve it. Right. Like have that ambition because if, if, if all you do in life is wait around for what you deserve, then you never get what you demand. And I want women to start demanding that shot, whatever the thing is that they want, because that's the thing that puts the wind in their sails so that when they start doing those dreams can get even bigger.
0: I love this. I really love this conversation. Okay. So let's go a little bit deeper with it then, because I think examples do help and maybe you could even share from your own life. So can you take us through maybe the mindset or how you knew I could do it? So you dreamt it? Could you give us yeah. an example? Yeah, let's do it.
1: <laughs> so, so I never knew I could do it, but I could knew I could do something. So, um, I, I you know, I started I started my last business when my, my oldest son was uh, was six weeks old and I had just had an unplanned C-section, four hours of labor in an unplanned C-section. Mm. So, you know, not exactly an ideal moment to start a new business. <laughs> <laughs> but there I was sitting at my kitchen table, you know, Dalmatian on the floor, you know, surfing the internet with my laptop. I had my six-week-old baby in my arms and I could, you know, not even really get up to like walk to the bathroom unaided. And the phone rings. And it was a friend of mine that I worked. With um, ten years earlier in in the in the Clinton White House, and she was like, "So I heard, um, ew, like you had a baby? Is that ew? Um,
0: <laughs> no, cool. really,
1: no." She was like, "She was like, you had a baby? Ew. Okay. So anyway, um, our <laughs> oh executive God. director just left, and I know that you've been doing search executive search for the last four years. So um, y- can you do the search for us? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious." Thinking, well, <laughs> what she doesn't know is that. Uh, eight weeks ago, I walked out of my executive search firm in this moment of rage where I was like, we can do it better and smarter and faster with more authenticity and integrity and better profits and, you know, better for our clients. And we should change what we're doing. And the search firm was like, yeah, that's great. No, thank you. And I sort of had this. So I was technically unemployed. I was sort of hiding my unemployment in my maternity leave. Um, But so she calls me up and she asked me this question and she was like, she had absolutely no interest in Knowing that I had this kid and that I had to sort of work around the kid and doing all these things and she didn't want to hear anything about how I could barely, you know, stand up and, you know, go pee alone. Um, but, 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 she, but she knew that I did search and she knew me back from our days together in the White House where she remembered me as being somebody who didn't have placenta head, right? Like I was oh, a really Lord. capable person. Um, so I was like, Yeah uh, yes, sure. I can do that. And I hang up the phone and then I turn to my laptop and I Google how to create a contract.
0: (laughs) Oh my (laughs) God. I love this.
1: What I knew was I knew how to do the work. So now when I go and I do, um, I do, entre- I, I guess, teach entrepreneur classes every once in a while, and there'll always be somebody in the back of the room going, "How long did it take you to write your business plan?" And I was like, "Ah, you got a cocktail napkin because I'll write it right now." Right, right. And I didn't have a plan, but I had business, and so I, I, I started doing that first search, and I, I had one client, so you know, I would, I would, I would sort of schedule the conference calls around when I was hoping the baby would be sleeping, and luckily, six weeks old sleep a lot, so you know, that worked out well. I will also admit that there were times where the baby started screaming while I was on the call and I like walked downstairs and let him scream for a few extra minutes because I had to finish the call. Like I just had to hustle. I had to do both. And all the while my heart is breaking inside, but I'm, you know, trying to like, trying to, you know, swim, you know, steadily above water. So my clients thought I knew what I was doing. And then that client led to another client. And then that client led to three more clients. And those three clients led to 12 more clients and good work. Begat more good work, and so I—I never. If you had asked me the day that I walked out of the White House, if I was going to go into executive search, I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, I'm going to do it for like four years, and then I'm going to hide out because I'm too young to really do anything big right now." I was 25 Mm -hmm. years old, and my, 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 my. mentor said, you know, you're too old to get back on a campaign bus and eat cold pizza and you're too young to be the domestic policy advisor. So go do search for four years, come (laughs) back, do something on the Gore campaign. And I was like, great, sounds terrific. So that was my plan. And then, you know, Fifteen years later, twenty years later, I'm selling this executive search firm to the women who helped me build it. And that was never my plan. I never thought I was going to do that. But I did it. and as i as I started to do it, i I became, as I mentioned, you know, I'm an accidental speaker, an accidental author. I was an accidental CEO. i I never said I'm going to be the CEO of an executive search firm that does over one hundred searches a year all over the world. I said, I'm going to do this one project today that feels really good with people who I really like for causes that are really important to me in a way that allows me to continue to be present for this family that I'm trying to grow. And that led into building a business that 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 gave me this limitless consonance that worked for me as I was growing it. And throughout the entire time, I looked at all the other people and all the other fancy firms, and I thought, you know, maybe I should go to one of those. And And, and, and maybe that's the right way to do it. And, you know, maybe they're like the bright, shiny object. And then I got an offer for one of them to buy me. And I remember the office, um, and this, you know, old guy, um, is handing me a piece of paper. It was like out of the movies, you know, where they hand you a piece of paper that like has a number on it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And, and, and we're sitting at a glass coffee table. Um, and I remember looking down at the, at the piece of paper and through the piece of paper and the, the, the glass coffee table, I could see my legs and I was wearing pantyhose. And I remember thinking, I put on pantyhose to sell my, my creation, this thing that came out of my heart and my, and my core and my, my brain and my womb, right? I'm like giving away my baby to this guy. And I don't know if I've met its potential yet. And I looked at the paper and then I slid the paper back and I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't think so. And I, left. Wow. and so like all, none of these things would like, if I had to like, I'm going to build a business and I'm going to sell it. I mean, I never would have done what I did, but because I just put one foot in front of the other. And each time I did that, and each time I developed, I, I, I demonstrated competence. I developed more confidence and that competence allowed me to continue to have the confidence to build bigger and bigger dreams that I would not have done if I'd started the dream from the very beginning.
0: I love it. And cause we talk a lot of, on the show about just start. Just start, take that first step. Um, so this is such a great example of that because you weren't thinking, I'm going to be the CEO. You're thinking, I can do this search. And then that led to where you ultimately ended up. That's, thank you for
1: sharing that. That um, <laughs> was a very long no, and rambling, it's a uh, g- wild dog of a story. But I think a lot of, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like that. You know, they start fiddling in the garage and next thing you know, boom, there's Apple. But, you know, it's, we, we hear these stories and we compare ourselves to so like, well, oh, I could never do that because they're so successful. But, you know, I. It, I, my story is a 25 year story of overnight success right like it took 25 years to, to have this you know book that's successful right now that people are like oh wow that's amazing that you're doing this well it's not i like worked my butt off for it you just don't see the work that other yes. people are doing in the dark behind the scenes
0: 100% and i'm so glad you said that because i think you know if you're an entrepreneur and you're in the early stages and you're Making some traction, but not as much as you'd like to be making. And then you do see these people like you out there doing the speaking, you think, oh my God, uh, you know, they're so lucky, or, uh, you know, had they had they get there so fast, but they don't know the backstory. They don't know the 25 years. They don't know the decade of whatever somebody's been putting in to slowly and surely scale and build it to what it is to then be doing what you're doing. So.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, they say, like the Buddhists say something like comparison is the root of all unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I fully believe that. And, you know, it's not only that, but it's like, we're comparing ourselves to, uh, you know, we compare our blooper reels to everybody else's highlights. And I think that that really gets us in trouble because, you know, I posted something on Facebook, um, just the other day about how, um, this book launch is very difficult. It, it, it takes a huge amount of effort and it takes a lot of vulnerability to put yourself out there and to ask people to support you and show up for you. And, and, and then there are people who, you know, You support and you show up for in your life, and you—it's hard not to notice that they're not showing up back, Mm. right? And so there's like there's so much stuff that goes into all of this, and really, what's happening is that other people are just busy. It's not Mm -hmm. like they're like, "Oh, should I support Laura? No, I'm going to choose not to." They're just not thinking about us, and so we waste all this energy. We burn all this energy in this comparison game. When really, what we should be doing is figuring out what matters to us. And I'm leaning into that.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Can we talk about this idea of consonants? I really like um, what I've read about it, aligning who you are with what you do. And I think we do want a sense of purpose and calling. And I know you get into all of this in the book. Can we just... But let's start
1: with the consonants and sort of work our way through. Yes. So consonants, simply put, as you mentioned, one what you what what you do matches who you are so it's it's you know we we spend a lot of time thinking about um work-life balance and I need to have my work over here and my life over there and they have to be in, completely in balance and equal to each other and if they're not God forbid everything is you know falls apart and I would I would challenge any one of your readers on any given day ever to say my life was completely perfectly in balance today right like it just right. doesn't it doesn't it doesn't exist exist. Um, unless, you know, we're like totally in denial, but it, it, it's just not there. And I would rather see people rather than being in this place of my work is here, my life is there and I have to keep them separate because they work against each other. I would rather have people figure out a way to align them so that the person that you are at home is the person that you are at work and vice versa so that you can bring your whole self to everything that you do. I mean, imagine if you walked into a boss's office, and you couldn't tell them about this great idea that you heard about from the PTA meeting that you were just at until 10 a.m. on the Friday morning Mm. because you were afraid that you'd be in trouble because that was the reason you were late. And maybe you are, but then the company misses out on that great idea, the PTA is doing this thing in a super smart way, and your company could solve the problem in exactly the same way, then why wouldn't both benefit? And so, you know, having to sort of hide who you are and the code switching in between is just, it's simply exhausting. And so the idea of consonance comes from this idea where everything is in alignment rather than working against each other. And what I talk about when I talk about alignment is that it, it it's made up of the these four Cs and we can we can go through them one by one if you want or however you want to do them.
0: Absolutely, let's do it cuz it and and I think it starts with calling, which is I which is actually where I'd love to start.
1: Yeah, so calling. So I talk to so many people who say to me, "Oh, I wish I could find some purpose. I need to find some meaning. I need to find more calling." And I say, "Okay, well, Great. What matters to you? And they're like, and then they'll say something like, "Well, I know I should say something like saving the whales or curing cancer, but um, I just I don't have something like that that matters that much to me." (laughs) And then they feel badly and they think, "Well, I guess I can't have any calling. I I can't have any purpose." And so again, I spent twenty years helping people find work in nonprofit in the nonprofit sector, if, if curing cancer, if saving the whales, if fighting for, you know, educational access and LGBTQ rights, or if that's what's important to you and that's your purpose, then have at it, I'm all for it. But there are a lot of people for whom their purpose is buying a beach house and a Maserati or their purpose is getting out of debt or their purpose is building a business or their purpose is raising their family. And so I, I start in the book very early saying, that's okay. Mm. In fact, it's awesome. And the only person who should get a vote about your purpose is you. But the problem is, is that we give voices to people who shouldn't even, you know, we give votes to people who shouldn't even have voices mm-hmm. in our lives. And then they're like, well, that's all well and good, but you really should, or you really need to, or you really must. And it's like, you know what? You don't. If your purpose is your purpose, if that's the thing, that's the gravitational force, that's the thing that's bigger than you, that you care about, that gets you out of bed in the morning, then nobody gets to judge whether or not it's big enough or not. Mm. Love it.
0: Love it. Okay. So that's the calling piece, which is great to reframe it in that way, because you're right. I think people think the calling has to have some bigger save the world purpose to it. And now you've just given permission to everyone listening that that's not (laughs) in fact the case, which is, well, great.
1: Yeah. I mean, like think about it. think about the guy who works in the soul sucking job who makes tons and tons and tons of money and then gives away 90% of that income to, you know, um, some, the, some healthcare, some like AIDS research or something, breast right. cancer research. We think about him as a philanthropist, right? We don't think his work doesn't have calling.
0: It's so true.
1: We just say he has calling. So I, you know, I, that's, I want people to stop putting this chasm in there and saying, well, is it, is you know is it important? Is it not important? Does it, does it work? Um, it, it works if it works for you. And that's it.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. I really love that so much. And I think that's, you know, and there's different standards for men and women. I think you've just touched upon that a little bit oh, because it's true, right? Yeah. So we, we, as women, we're harder on ourselves. And so, you know, it's, it's actually good to hear because some of the women I know listening are stay at home moms and many of us volunteer at the school and do a lot of things because we want to feel connected though, to something bigger than ourselves and to feel like we're making a contribution. But I do think that at some point you have this pull saying, but I want more for just me. And so that's, so so let's talk about that a little bit, because I think this is, you know, where a lot of the listeners are at.
1: Well, so, um, so that's, that's the contribution piece of it is that I want more for just me. Um, so we can talk about that one. That's, um, you know, if we're, we often think, well, okay, I go to my job, my job pays me a salary because I have to have a salary. I have to do whatever it is. And we think like, we think about one number. We think about what's my need to make number. We set a budget based on our salary. We we think about, you know, how much, you know, what are, what our bills are going to be. And whenever I talk to anybody about setting up their their career plan, I'm sort of coaching them on, on, on what their next move is going to be. I'm, I say to them, I'm like, well, give me two numbers. I want your need to make number, but I also want your want to make number. Mm-hmm huh, you want to make number, right? Like mm-hmm. what can that be? When I had, I had, my business was about five years old and I met with a business coach and, and I sat down with him and, and, and I came with, you know, all of these very fancy spreadsheets and marketing collateral and business plan. And I mean, I had like reams of paper and it was, I'm like the gold star chaser. It was, they were great. And he didn't look at a single page. and I was So, <laughs> so devastating. He just looked at me and he's like, well, what do you want to me? He's like, how do you pay yourself? And I was going like, to mean, how do I pay myself? I just like, I, I, I bring the money in. I pay my people. I pay for my expenses. I pay myself whatever's left over. And he looked at me and he said, stop being such a girl. <gasps> And I was like, what? Like every hackle I had was like up, and I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, okay. And he said, listen. He said, when he, how, he said, he said, how often do you want to go on vacation? And when you go on vacations, do you want to fly in coach? Do you want to fly seventeen stops? Do you want to fly in first class nonstop? When you get to the hotel, do you want it to be a Four Seasons? Do you want it to be a Holiday Inn? When you buy your next car, do you want it to be, you know, a BMW or Hyundai? Right. I mean, he basically was like, what do you want your life to look like? Mm, and I nice said, question. "Okay, that's a really good question." He goes, "Good. Now build the business that throws off that income." Wow, that's that's actually really powerful. Wow, right? So, so, so that's the difference between the the, the need to make and the want to make. And. So contribution is absolutely Machiavellian. You got to start somewhere looking at your career or looking at the work that you do. I always say work is like it's productive work, whether it's in the home, whether it's in a company, but looking at the productive time of your day and saying, does this provide for me the lifestyle that I want? Does it provide for me the flexibility that I want? Does it allow me to manifest my values into the world on a daily basis? Is it allowing me to create a trajectory in my career or my life that works for me? So your work should be contributing in some way to creating the life that you want.
0: Okay, so let's go back to the C. So we have the calling and contribution of the four Cs. What's the next one you walk us through? Connection. Okay.
1: Okay. So, connection is how you answer the question: If I didn't get out of bed tomorrow, would anybody notice? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. Yes, right. Um, why do you, in that spot, at that desk, in that box, in that organizational chart, in that family, wherever you are, why do you matter? What do you, you know, what do you do? What do you bring to the table? And it's it's really it's really the way to say: Does the work that I do on a daily basis get me any closer? to serving that calling that I care about, to doing that bigger thing. So, for example, that business coach, I I brought to him this whole list of the 80 things that were on my plate for the week. And, <laughs> you know, they were things like, you know, they, 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 they were things like put together the next marketing brochure and, you know, develop the budget and hire this whoever, whatever. And there was one, he looked, that was the one thing he looked, at. he looked on the entire list. And somewhere down, like, number 62 or something was, call the law firm to incorporate. Mm -hmm. And he, like, circled it, and he was like, this. (laughs) this Like, everything else rests on this. He's like, you've basically been running a hobby, a very Uh, successful hobby, but you've been running a hobby for the last five years, and it is either time to make a decision about how you're going to play or not, and everything else rests on that. And I was like, uh, oh, Okay, but I think we get really busy worrying about getting answering all of our emails mm. or you know, doing everything that everybody asks for and we get really confused um we confuse action for impact. Yes. You know, yes. I and 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 we moms are the worst, right? You're walking out of the school and somebody's like, "Hey, um uh we really need somebody to chair that bake sale." <laughs> Would you do it? And you just look at them. You're like, oh, okay, sure, yeah, sure, right. But are you being asked to do it because you are absolutely the best, the one with the the most incredible track record, who's raised the most amount of money for Pee Wee football through you know your amazing cupcakes? Probably not. You were just the first person that the head of the PTA walked into. Like you were the most. You were you were the the you were the proximate heartbeat right uh. and so we get really stuck saying yes to all of these things and getting super 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 busy but then saying oh is the sucker punch of a bake sale ask actually helping me like if what i want to do as a mom or in my case as a working mom i want the time i spend with my kids i want it to be really good quality time is stressing out about the bake sale which i know is like technically in the mom bucket is that actually helping me spend quality time with my kids? Well, no, because we're actually yelling at each other. If I'm a mom and I, I happen to not be one of these moms um, who is really good at baking, I mean, mm-hmm. my baked stuff looks like a they look like a crime scene. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but if I were really good at it and if my kids really love to bake and we could bake together and that would be a bonding experience, then yes, that is absolutely connected to that calling that I have to want to spend more time, more quality time with my kids. But if it's not, then I should say, you know what? No, I can't. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Because the truth is that the head of the PTA is going to find somebody else. Like, we are just not that important to everything that everybody asks us to do. And we are, in fact, that important to some things. And when we get distracted by all the noise, we miss the signal.
0: Oh, it's so, this is so good, Laura. And so, so let's,
1: I did see in yeah, one of your talks. Listeners can all say no to the bake sale now. Yeah, so like, you have permission. You?
0: Unless, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not the, I'm not the baker. Nobody wants me baking cupcakes. But, um, uh, but no, it's a good point. And actually I've gotten better about the nose When it comes to that, especially as I was shifting towards this, I thought, oh gosh, there's only so many hours in the day and where do I need to prioritize? So in my book, actually, I talk about your list of priorities versus where you're actually spending your time. And I noticed that in one of your talks, you talked about that too. So what's a good way to approach it then? Just, you know, do you pull out piece, I, I just say, pull out a piece of paper, write down the top five priorities that you have, and then the top five things you're actually spending your time on. But how do you how do you like to approach it?
1: No, I think that's a great way to do it. I mean, I say to people if 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 you think about what your priorities are and then you look at your calendar, They probably don't match, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? So uh, I like to color code my calendar because I'm a big dork. Um, So (laughs) in my calendar, anything that I'm doing where I'm making money is green, right? Because it's money. Um, Anything I'm doing that's like self promotion, um, whether it's podcasts or marketing things like that, they're yellow because I hate it. But if I make them red, then I'm going to be really uncomfortable (laughs) about the whole situation. (laughs) Um, Travel is in purple. You know, I mean, I've got, I've different things. But I have, um, I have, I have things color coded so that I can look at them and I can say, I know that I need to spend X percentage of my time every week building my business. I know that I want to spend X percent of my time being with my family. Like I can look at my calendar and I could just at a glance, say, wow, there's not a lot of blue. Right. And blue like this mm-hmm. happy time that I spend with my and I actually have like mom time in there. So, you know, at, 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 at four o'clock today, I'm picking up my kids and it just says mom time in my calendar oh. for the rest of the day. And and I can look at it and I can say, OK, is there enough blue in my calendar this week? Am I spending enough time? And is that time just like a blue block or are there like a bunch of different things in there? Like I'm proximate. I'm like answering emails next to my kids, but I'm not really with my kids, right. and so I spend a lot of time making sure that when I'm when I'm with people, I can be really fully present for them, and not because I'm this great saint and I think I'm giving them the gift of being with them. Frankly, I'm giving myself the gift of being with them that's because beautiful. I choose who I spend my time with, mm. and those people are additive to my life. They're my family, and if I'm discounting their value, then you know I, that's 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 only harming myself.
0: And so beautiful. Love that so much. Okay, so let's move on to the fourth piece, which is control. Tell us about control.
1: that. Yeah, so control. So I'm an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> that means that I have decided that I want to be the person who was in charge of how much Money I earn from how much hustle I do. I want to decide who I work with. I want to decide how I work with them. I want to decide how I charge them. I am. I want to. I want to play the game by my own rules. Now there are lots of people who want different amounts of control. One of the things that shocked me most when I ran my company as an entrepreneur, running a supremely entrepreneurial, like magic mystery tour of a business. Like we were, we were iconoclastic. We were changing the way search was being done. We were not the big safe IBM firm we were like Apple in the garage like we were mm. really you know and I thought everybody who came to work for me must also be entrepreneurs because they like this entrepreneurial endeavor and I was shocked that they wanted to be in an entrepreneurial endeavor but they weren't entrepreneurs mm. they liked that it was exciting and interesting but they liked that I had the risk right. so I wanted to have utter control over everything that was happening they wanted to have control over the fact that 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 they were in a in in a business that was manifesting their values, but they also wanted to know that they were getting paid. Mm. They were very happy with that. And then there are people who like to be in, you know, in a cubicle in a big company and they don't, it doesn't matter to them what they do as long as, you know, they, 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 they know that the paycheck is coming and that the work is going to be there. Um, but everybody has it a little bit differently. And what's, what I tell people about control is that, it is it is making a decision for you how much agency you want or need in the amount of connection and contribution mm. that your work has towards getting you to that calling. And so so for 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 everybody it's going to be different at every age and at every lifestyle st- uh, stage it's going to be different. So you know when that when that baby who's you know now driving was six weeks old and I started the company I needed a ton of control because again I you know I I I was a mom I was a new mom I needed to figure it out. Hmm. I wanted to make sure that the clients I worked for were doing work I thought was important, but whether or not I was working in the education space or the anti-smoking space or LGBT rights or healthcare, that didn't really matter to me that much. I didn't necessarily need tons of connection. I just needed to know that generally, in terms of calm, we were making the world a better place. So, you know, my, my rubric for, for which of the four C's was higher or lower at that point in my life was very different. Mm. If you were to ask me 20 years earlier, when I was young and on a campaign trail, also completely different because, you know, I was, I had no connection whatsoever. I was fetching coffee, but I had all the contribution I could, I could stomach, right? I was, I was, I was manifesting my values. I was, I was worth my weight in ramen soup, but I knew that if this guy won, I might have a pretty interesting job at it. But I had all the calling in the world And I had a ton of control because even though I didn't get to choose whether I got sent to Des Moines or, or LA on, on the campaign trail, I could, I could figure out how I showed up and how much I showed up and how hard I worked. And I knew that that was going to put me in a place that would impact my career trajectory. And so for, for, for everybody, whether or not, they're, they're, they're working in a company or they're building a family, the, and, and how they spend their time, they can look at these four C's of calling, connection, contribution, and control and make decisions about what's important to them at what point. And that's how they come up with their own personal rubric of consonants, what mm-hmm. consonance means for them and what success means for them.
0: Oh, I love it. Well, this actually is a perfect transition then to asking you what your definition of success is. What does that look like for you, Laura?
1: Oh boy, my definition of success is wildly different today than it was three years ago when I sold that business. Um, I just got back from a week um, in Europe with my son, which sounds super. Um, it sounds super uh, glamorous until you realize that we were like at a different hotel every single night. <laughs> we, we were we were constantly moving because I was I was speaking in Europe on this part of this book tour. But it was I, I I was asked to come to a couple of different places around a conference that was happening in in Switzerland, and uh, the conference happened to be during the second week of school, or the second week of a uh, spring break for my nice. son. Uh, and so I was able to take him with me because you know again I travel one hundred fifty thousand miles a year. I have a ton of frequent flyer miles, so you know that was that was pretty much a given, um, or a gimme. Uh, so for me, success is being able to bring a message that I care about into the world while also being able to share that with my 14 year old and be able to travel and just spend tons of, um, really good quality time with him. Um, and, and, and to be able to, uh, to be able to charge money that I think is of the value of, of what I bring to the stage and not apologize for it, you know, to get Mm. to this, this place in my career where I'm not negotiating on price, but I'm, I'm negotiating on my value and to be able to do it and Model that for um, my my younger son, while also getting to you know, I have huge wanderlust. I love to travel, so while also getting to see the world, feels Mm. feels pretty good.
0: It's awesome. I love it, Laura. That was so good. Um, Do you happen to have a morning or evening routine that helps foster your success?
1: So before I go to bed every night, I do look at my calendar for the next day, um, and I just make sure that I know where I need to be. Throughout the day, you know, I feel like my 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 schedule because I because I work from home and I've I've worked out of my my home office for really the last seventeen years. um, I don't have an assistant who's you know walking in and handing me a file, and I just I need to be able to wake up in the morning and know where I'm going and what I need to do, and frankly, what time I need to shower. (laughs) Sort of funny, but. So I wake up around four thirty or five every morning and I usually work out because um, I for me it quiets the mind. It just allows me to you know be be um, to be entrepreneurial and be uh, be creative. Um so I usually work out and and so I look the night before and that if I see my schedule that really tells me like well what kind of workout can I do? Like how long mm-hmm. can I work out? When do I have to be in the shower by? Is this a day where I have to be, you know, as a friend of mine says show pony ready, right? Like do so I have to be <laughs> camera ready? Or can I just, you know, as you saw as I am now with, you know, just <laughs> straight from the gym with the with a baseball cap on. Um and so, you know, it, it's we're women, it, it takes time. And the older you get, sometimes it takes more time. I'm <laughs> I'm you know, I can't just like jump out of bed and look, you know, like beach wave, uh-huh. you know, uh, Instagram meme Coachella ready. Like <laughs> I actually like get the curling iron going. Uh-huh. So, um, so, so I, I, I really, it's hard for me to go to bed at night without looking at my, my schedule the next day and just having some sense of like, is it a sneakers day or a heels day nice, and sweet. what that's going to mean. That's awesome. Um, So
0: can you leave the women listening with your three best tips? And I would say on how to be limitless, but we covered it. But if you want to just kind of pick the three highlights of what you'd like to leave the
1: women listening with, that would be great. So the first thing I would say is write your plans in pencil. Um, I think there is no part of your life um, that is definitional to who you are forever. Mm. And I I I, you know, I, 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 there's nothing worse than somebody saying, well, um, I'm a lawyer or I trained to be a lawyer, but it's like, Mm -hmm. well, you're not then that's okay. Like write your plans in pencil. And I think as women, we have so many multitudes within us and we have so many opportunities, especially when we have families to have on ramps and off ramps that we can reinvent ourselves. You know, we get dinged a lot, you know, men, the men have it a lot easier in a lot of different ways, but we women have great opportunities to reinvent. And so I would say, You know, don't let's get rid of the labels and let's stop making them definitional to who we are forever and let's be who we are today. Write your plans in pencil, and if you know you want to change what you're doing and do something different, we can because we're women and it's awesome. So that's the first. Mm, I would say, love, love that. (laughs) I would say the second is that no is a complete sentence. Ooh, good. That, just say that no. says it all. <laughs> Big we, we, sale. We don't no. Just say no because I'm really busy. No, work is hard. No, my son's got this thing. Uh-huh. No, my daughter's got that. No. no, we can just say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I can't. Period. That's mm, it. So good. Done.
0: Okay, that's That's so good.
1: That was a complete sentence. Love. Um, and then my last one is really the whole message of limitless, which is let's, for God's sake, stop leaning into being all things to all people and having this one myopic, unflinching, singular definition of success. Is like the road to the the fastest road to the corner office, and like God forbid the rest of us who aren't doing that are you know less than. And I just I want people to stop leaning into that garbage, and I want them to define what success means for them and judge only their own process progress and just be their own dog and lean into that.
0: This has been so great. I love, love your, your three best tips. Those were amazing. Um, Laura, where can people learn more about you and your book, Limitless?
1: Thank you. Well, so Limitless is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. <laughs> uh, it's such a weird thing to say. I know, yes. I know. You can find, you can find Limitless, uh, Limitless online. Limitless oh. had to ignore everybody, carve your own path, and live your best life.
0: And I will link to it. I will just I will be linking to it in my show Fantastic. notes. For sure. Yes.
1: Um, on all the socials, I'm hey lgo, Like, hey there. Hey LGO. And hey HeyLGO.com is how to find me online. And I also have, if people are listening, they're like, I don't know, calling, control, connection, contribution. Ah, um, I have a quiz that people can take. It's at LimitlessAssessment.com. And I'll say that again for people who are still listening. <laughs> LimitlessAssessment.com. Um, and it's like a 60-question quiz takes about 10, 15 minutes to answer and people can take the test and uh, it'll walk you through the four C's of calling, connection, contribution, and control through um, how your work, whatever that productive time of your day is, how your work contributes to the life that you want to create. And it will um, give you this beautiful little radar chart at the end that shows you how much of each of the C's you have in your mm-hmm. life and how much of each of the C's you want in your life and then give you some tips about how to get there.
0: And so great. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great conversation. That was a really fun conversation. I hope that you took away a lot of value from today's show. I know that I did. And if you want to check out the show notes, just head on over to thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash 022 to access everything discussed in today's episode. Now, a few of you have reached out to me to say that you'd like to rate and review the show, but you're not quite sure how to do it. And I have to say that iTunes doesn't make it very intuitive, but first and foremost, thank you. Thank you to every single one of you who have joined me for any number of shows. The fact that you have given your time to be here and tune in means the world to me. I put a lot of heart and soul into each and every episode, and my intention is to make it worthy of your time. So if you would like to rate and review the show, all you have to do is go to thegoodlifecoach.com, and at the bottom of every podcast episode are the instructions um, with a link that will take you to iTunes. And um, once you're there, if you subscribe, Um, And then look over to the right, you'll see something that says ratings and reviews. And if you click on that, then it has the stars and you can select the rating. And then underneath there, it says write a review. So thank you again for asking. It means the world to me, especially as a new show. This is what helps the ratings and reviews apparently is what helps other people find it. And more importantly to me, it helps me understand what's resonating with you. So Thank you so much, and we'll reconnect next Wednesday. Bye for now.